The Hennessy Report from Keystone Partners, a free-flowing conversation with leaders in the HR community, talking about themselves, the industry, and their work. Brought to you in cooperation with NERA, the Northeast Human Resources Association. Welcome to the Hennessy Report. I'm Dave Hennessy. This is episode 24, where we have the CHRO of El Nylum Pharmaceuticals, Karen Anderson. She's also on the board of directors of NERA, and we recorded this podcast in front of a live audience at this fall's NERA 2018 conference. Our first live recording, it creates a different kind of dynamic, which I think really works. You'll hear some reactions to things that Karen said from the audience, and we actually ask a question, the NERA YP question from a live Nero, Young Professionals member in the audience. Karen really does some exciting things in the way she involves non-HR practitioners inside her organization in the culture building aspects of her organization. And she talks about some other great things. Next up on the podcast is the chair of the board from Nera, Lorraine Goff. She's also the head of HR at MIT. And she was our second recording at the Nera conference this fall. So that'll be another live recording coming up soon after this one. And now I bring you my conversation with Karen Anderson. She's CHRO of El Nylum Pharmaceuticals. Please welcome Karen Anderson. So, Karen, if you've listened to the podcast, we like to find out a little bit about people's history before we yeah. get into talking sure. about their company and HR. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this field of HR or, or the life sciences arena. Okay, great. I was born in the UK, immigrated to Canada by way of immigrating to the United States. So this is my third country. Uh, but um, so hopefully I'm okay. I have a green card, so it's a little dicey going through the airport sometimes. Um, so I got into HR primarily because I saw a labor arbitrator at university do a speech about his job and he said he got paid a lot of money so I was like okay psychology human resources I'm gonna be a labor arbitrator um, so that that was the beginning um, but I worked for Emerson Electric uh, in the early days remember Ross Perot that was his organization um, I basically started doing uh, pay equity legislation equal pay for uh, work of equal value and uh, interviewing people, doing job descriptions, analyzing jobs, and said, what is this called? What is, what is this thing called? And they said it was human resources. And I thought, okay, this is, this is kind of interesting. And then uh, joined consulting, worked for the Hay Group as an associate consultant. And that just simply means you're schlepped around by, with the senior partners and you do all the work on the weekends. And then one of my clients was Bear, so I ended up joining Bear in Toronto and um, became a director at the age of 29 for them, Impressive. and uh, really had a great mentor and the CEO. And um, Baxter in Chicago approached me, and they said, "Well, what do you what What would you like to do?" And I said, "Well, I'm a big fish in a small pond. I would like to be a." in a bigger pond so if you sponsor my immigration to the united states then i'll come join you and leave bear and that's what i did and i went to chicago worked in chicago uh, and then went to pfizer in ann arbor and then new york and supported the commercial businesses and then the emerging market businesses 
joined Biogen and relocated to Boston to get into a smaller biotech and then became the CHRO of Alnylam four years ago. So that's my journey. That's a great journey, Karen. Yeah. And Karen, I met you two years ago yeah. um, at an event uh, on a badge here. It was a Gaddy, Gaddy. Gaddy event. Yeah. And I was really impressed with what you had to say about a couple things. And I think it'd be great for our listeners to hear about sure. the talent board. It's yep. an amazing concept. And uh, please tell us about what sure. it is, why you did it, and um, yep. its effectiveness yeah. for Island. Yeah. So I have lots of crazy ideas and my... My HR team is oftentimes I have a whiteboard and I said, you know, I've been thinking and they all go, no. So one of the ideas that I had when I joined El Nylum in 2014, it was 158 employees. Today we're 1,119 legal entities within four years. And I knew this was our strategy that we were going to grow with this kind of growth. And oftentimes in HR, you can come up with great ideas and we're in love with it. We sell it to senior management. The senior management says, this is amazing, let's do it. And then sometimes the integration or the application doesn't always land the way you thought it was gonna land. So knowing this, this kind of growth, I decided to form a, what I call a talent board. And I choose, and it's just, I run it like a board, it's chartered. And um, I pick 15 individuals every year with the help of senior leaders, all different levels. I look for individuals that all are- All functions too? All, all levels, functions, all functions. You have to be director and below because I'm already dealing with the senior leaders. So I got their vote on whatever they want. And um, basically I, I look for provocative individuals who have a point of view who may not always agree with what I'm doing or what the HR team is doing. And I charter them, they join in January, it's a one year term, and we test ideas with them, and we get their point of view on things before we roll anything out. And it's a very fluid group. We meet pretty much every month for lunch, and we go through concepts. And there was one, for example, I wanted to do this recognition you know, kind of concept, and I was all excited, and I showed it, and they're like, yeah, no. And I was like, rats, now I can't do it. Because they're like, no, that's not going to work. It doesn't fit the culture. And um, I think it's a very valuable... They vetoed you? Huh? They totally vetoed me. Totally vetoed. And I, you have to accept that if you're going to go with that. You have to use... If you're going to use a grassroots group, then you have to commit to a grassroots mentality. And that's kind of the mentality that I've utilized to implement HR. Yeah. And um, any specific benefits you can point to either with the engagement of the organization or a particular initiative that just really yeah. uh, has changed El Nylum for the better. Yeah, so we're working, we're working on right now, you can imagine with that kind of fast growth, we have high achievers who burn out. They hit the wall, they don't cry uncle before they hit the wall, they just hit the wall. So we're having to, and I call it an addiction, like people are addicted to their work and you know, I can't put anything down, I can't take a vacation. It's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so I challenge the talent board, how do we change this mentality? How do we legitimize it's okay to say, I gotta go home at two o'clock because I got something for my kid or uh, role model vacation. So they've been working on a whole campaign of flexibility life and enjoy your job and so that and there it's grassroots so it's not just HR coming out with something and being the hero uh, so that that's proving to be valuable and it makes me look smart because like they're doing it and they're like wow 
great strategy. Yeah, it's great. The other thing you said that day, Karen, I remember it, you had just a few hundred employees a couple of years yeah. ago, and you said out loud in front of the public, yep. we're going to 2,000 employees. Yep. Where are you now with the number? So we're 1,100 with a workforce plan for next year to go to 1,450. So I... Your the, vision is still in... My vision's in, still intact. there. It's still working. And the other thing you talked about is what you're doing to recruit. And one of the things that I really remember you talked about is the onboarding process yeah. and how you embrace people even before they join yeah. and after they join El Nyla. Maybe some tips to yeah. others that are working yeah. on those things. That was one of the first things I worked on when I came in 2014 is to put in a very robust onboarding and assimilation strategy. Because if you're going to recruit that many people, they have to feel like they're welcomed and embraced. And the faster you get them feeling comfortable, the more, the faster they can be their best self at work. So we start all the way. I won't go into the recruiting process, but if I start with once they've accepted the offer, we send, I send a letter and a gift basket to their house before they even start saying, you made a great decision. So you made a smart decision coming to us. And so right away, and it's purposeful, right? Because you want the family or their significant other or someone to see that and go, wow, that's kind of a cool company. And so from the moment they come in, you know, obviously we have a two-day kind of onboarding. A lot of people have that. But we do case studies on the operating model on the second day. And it's kind of a team bonding, and it helps to get people to understand maybe the cultural differences. Because a lot of people say, well, I've come from another pharma or another biotech. I know, I know how we make decisions. But we do some quirky things. So giving case studies right at the beginning gets them to also learn the acronyms as fast as possible. And then at, at the 90-day mark, we do a very intensive one-day session with the CEO and other leaders because we find people don't know what to ask in their first or second day, but 90 days in, they're like, hands are up, right? Because now they've seen enough that they feel more confident to ask more intelligent questions. So we have found that works. That's great. Well, Karen, you know that we, uh, Keystone, produced this podcast in cooperation with NERA, and we have, in each podcast, which we're recording, so we're going to release this to the people that couldn't make it as well, um, we have the NERA YP, NERA Young Professionals Group question of the podcast, and we're looking for a NERA YP member that might have a question. Oh, there's one right there. Oh. This wasn't planned in advance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Could you please stand up and say the name of your company, your name and name of the company, and the question you have for Karen? Hi, Karen. My Hi. Uh, my name is Lexi. My company's name is Cambridge Semantics. We're a small um, big data analytics software platform in Boston. Um, and I'm a one-person HR team. Um, so I'm always curious uh, to ask senior HR leaders um, what is currently on your book queue. What are you reading or what okay. are you hoping to read in the next couple of months? Yeah. All right. So I have, I'm reading a really Thanks great question. I'm, really, I'm reading a really great book right now. It's called The Power of Moments. It's by Dan and Chip Heath. And I'm, I, this, is, this tells you a little insight of who I am as a leader. If I'm reading something, I get excited. My whole team is reading it. <laughs> so my whole team got the book. And it really uh, it kind of talks to it's not how much you do. So don't get enamored with, uh, we did 10 activities or we did all of these things. It's more of the power of moments 
of what can make the biggest impact, you know, the surprised impact in the organization. And the book has a funny story about a hotel that's right next to Disney World. And of course, they can't compete with the Disney World hotels. They're like glamorous and all kinds of things. It's a very simple hotel. But they p decided they were going to compete on unique moments. And they put in these red telephones in the hotel. And it, you pick up the phone. It says, hello, you've reached the popsicle line. And so kids who stay at that hotel, when they, they tell their parents, I want to go back to the hotel that has the popsicle line, you know, that's a power of the moment. And so I have my whole team reading it because we're going through our processes. What's the power of moment that we're creating with employees and their experience with HR, and um, how can we give that unique feeling, that high-touch feeling in the organization? So that's one of them. Great question and answer. Thanks, Lexi. And Karen, uh, when you think of HR people that are really excelling now, maybe some that are on your team, what are the competencies, the characteristics okay. of those that you see that are going to be moving up into the function and hopefully have a job like you one day. Okay. So I have a very specific philosophy on this. And my, again, my poor team, I have a mantra and I, I talk about this all the time. I see there's three types of HR people. First type, ask great questions, can build relationships, makes great observations in the moment. Type one. Type two, does all the same things. Relationships, ask great questions, very engaging in the moment, but can create an action plan to what they're seeing. Type three, and this is the type that I like to hire or grow. Build relationships, great observations, can create an action plan, has the tenacity to follow up on that action plan over time to see if it produced the outcome. And the third type is really hard. I can find a lot of the first type, I can find a few of the second type, and we can put in the ringer. The third type, not as much. And I'm constantly saying, that program a year ago, what's the pull through? I want to see, are we using it? Is it creating impact? And if it's not, it's gone. Move along. And so I'm very, I'm, I, I express this all the time in my HR team. Yeah. That's great. As you, um, when you look back on your career someday, um, someday, you, someday <laughs> yeah. you know, okay. 20, 30, 40 years from now, I'm, I'm what do you old. hope to be remembered for, Karen? Uh, I think um, probably my legacy of creating um, fellow CHROs. Hmm. That's great. I'm really Have excited. You done that? Oh, yeah. Wow. Definitely. So I'm very excited when someone's worked for me and then later on they're a CHRO. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled. It's so funny to have so many of the people that have worked for me are now my peers. And someone will say, oh, do you know so-and-so? I say, yeah, they, they work for me. And they'll say, do you know so-and-so? I say, yeah, they work for me. I mean, it's fantastic. That's great. I love it. Love it. All right, we have our last question. Kay. And it's following up on one of Lexi's questions, a different type of question. What's a book that changed your life? Not just what uh, you're reading right now, yeah. but one that's changed your life. Okay, so I'm sure many people here know it, but it's Amy Katz and Jay Galbraith's organization design book. It's kind of a how-to of organization design. I read that probably, it's got to be 10 years ago, and it is so full of very practical, it's an easy read, 
and it's full of business acumen of how to think about structuring an organization or even thinking about how you could pose a business question. It's a very user friend. I, I found that book really amazing. Karen, it's been great having you be a guest Thank on the Hennessy Report. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Karen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Hennessy Report from Keystone Partners. Be sure to subscribe to listen to all of our conversations with leaders in HR. Go to keystonepartners.com and click on the podcast button.